Enemy power-up detected. Seven Mech Warriors, we're back with another episode of Incoming Missile, a Mech Warrior online podcast. Well, this recording is coming to you from deep within the Incoming Missile bunker, because today we've got a doomsday episode for you. Yes. Sorry to say, eventually one sad day, the MWO apocalypse will come. The last match will end, the rotatoes will spin no more, and the servers will go dark. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at how far off that day may be, and how it might play out when it does eventually happen. Then we're going to wrap up the episode with some conjecture about what future there is for the franchise, in particular, the possibility of a MechWarrior Online 2. But just before we launch into that, Cousin, hey man, how are you? Yeah, kia ora dude, I am good. Yeah, I've been playing a little bit of uh, MechWarrior Online and trying to grind out uh, those events that are on at the moment. How about yourself? You've been uh, getting in any pew pew? Yeah, yeah, now and then. That's a less of an every night thing for me these days and more of a once in a while treat. How about yourself? Yeah, I mean, that's pertinent, I think, uh, that attitude to what we're going to talk about today, I think. But uh, yeah, just just trying to find some reasons to play at the moment. So have enjoyed getting into the event. But uh, I guess as we'll probably touch on today, uh, yeah, trying mm. to find reasons to play. Yeah, I do enjoy the time that I spend there, though, it must be said. Yeah, it's always fun. Always fun shooting robots. I mean, mechs. <laughs> so we've got the MechWarrior Championship Series well underway now. How's that been going? It's been good. I mean, uh, we have put in a little bit of a beer league team and we've been having some fun <laughs> uh, shooting those mechs in those comp windows. Uh, the uh, invitational tournaments, of course, are done. The EU and NA tournaments are completed. And uh, I guess uh, a big congratulations to some familiar names. Uh, Eon, JGX, uh, Russian Jade Falcon, EMP, uh, 228th Blackwatch, Majestic 12 and Smoke Adders, who have all qualified uh, for the finals uh, via those invitational tournaments. Now, uh, there will be another 10 teams that uh, join those teams from CompQ. Uh, so, yeah, if you are out there and haven't competed or if you are taking part uh, in the windows at the moment, there is still plenty of time to qualify. Uh, so do get a team together or encourage your team to get into that CompQ during the competition windows uh, and grind out some matches. There's, uh, yeah, some Sweet, sweet rewards uh, for playing those. I think it's 20 games. Uh, and at the moment, uh, you know, you kind of only need an ELO above 1600 to be competitive. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting to see whether that uh, is the case, whether it stays that way. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, we, we're sitting, I think, in six maybe <laughs> at the moment mm-hmm. with the beer league team. So uh, having a bit of fun there. Uh, and, yeah, a, a shout out I, to those streamers that have been putting in fun teams as well so uh yeah we've uh, come up against uh suedo 98 and his team and i know that uh nutty rat has uh, been putting a team in as well so yeah do get involved yeah for sure and uh, 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 get in there and be competitive but also i think it, even if you qualify pretty much anywhere and do those 20 games you get some decent rewards eh? i think it's just top 500 get quite a decent prize just looking it up here five mech bays 7000 mc three million c bills bunch of gsp and three colors so no matter how you do i think yeah 
it's it's worth those 20 games. You can't really pass that up. Yeah, absolutely. Some of that sweet, sweet GSP that they're giving away. So yeah, definitely jump on and, and uh, grind those games and uh, yeah, have some fun. As always, I have to give a huge thank you to the incoming missile patrons. Dan N, Freerider AU, John Doyer, MWO Comp, Jacob Sawyer, Shaky Snake, Brios, Chilgaps and Water Deer, Night of the Day, Nakoro Doomguard, and our newest patron, Robin Merkley. Your support means a lot to us. All right, on with the show. Doom, doom, doom. The end is nigh. Or is it? So, as I mentioned, we're going to break this down into three main parts. First, the end of MWO and what evidence there is that it's happening now or not. Uh, Secondly, how the end of MWO might play out when it does eventually happen. And finally, we're going to look to the crystal ball and explore the possibility of MWO2, along with some of the challenges facing PGI along the way. So let's kick this off with a simple question. Kozen, what do you reckon? Is this the end? Should I start stockpiling cool shots in my basement? <laughs> yeah. Well, you, uh, yeah, there's certainly a few bells that uh, have been tolling, uh, and I guess we'll probably get into maybe why they uh, have been ringing lately. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't hold on to those cool shots. I'd, I'd burn them now because uh, I don't think they are going to be too useful in the future. I don't think they're going to go up uh, in value. But yeah, oh, I can't. Uh, deny that I am really beginning to wonder. I mean, in this episode, we are going to look at whether the end is nigh and whether we're seeing the final throws of MechWarrior online. Uh, And yeah, look, in my experience, Mech-related games, they do seem to struggle a little bit. And uh, it wasn't really that long ago that uh, Hawken, which is kind of one of the close equivalents, I think, to, to MechWarrior online, did die. You know, it died a pretty prolonged death it started with a with a hiss and a roar and looked really good but uh yeah whether we see mechware going down the same path at the moment look i'm, I'm actually not really sure and I'm, I'm pretty interested to uh, talk to you about it yeah i mean I, I think it can be difficult and i'm seeing it for myself now firsthand to separate um myself and my own ex- personal experience with and then sort of stop myself from just projecting that onto the game because for myself I'm not playing as much there's some other games that are taking my interest I'm still playing but I'm not playing every night like I was before so I think it's easy in that situation to sort of just think well I'm not playing that much therefore everybody's not playing that much do you know what I mean yeah I do and I mean that's exactly right I guess the flip side of it is that is what you're experiencing representative of what uh, a lot of people are experiencing it because what are those things that are leading you to not play as much as you used to do, I guess? And and is that a symptom uh, of the fact that, you know, we're starting that uh, downwards decline uh, to the service being switched off? Hmm. Well, let's have a look at what we do know for sure. Um, and we'll sort of hit on a few points and just sort of discuss those back and forth, uh, those points of data. Because, I mean, over the years we've seen a bunch of people do exactly what I was just talking about, say, I'm not going to play anymore, therefore the game's dead. Well, one of the things that people point to, first off, most frequently, is the player counts on Steam charts. And it tells a fairly compelling story that the player count is dropping off steadily month to month. I mean, compared to some other games, it's, it is, you know, it seems to have a fairly um, solid base 
where of people who stick around and and the the drop is just a little every month it does seem to be eroding into the sort of feel of how many people are in the game at any one time now what should we be thinking about when we're looking at that data it's easy to just look at those numbers and be like oh game's dying yeah i mean as always uh weather isn't climate i guess to use an analogy there so you know naturally games will have uh, downturns and upturns uh, as events happen uh, and just like you know a, a rainy day doesn't mean that uh, the climate is changing uh, it, it may just be something that is temporary so I guess the question becomes is that are we starting to see the uh, start of a trend and uh, are we starting is that erosion that you talked about uh, getting into maybe the the core group of players, you know, that, that minimum threshold, uh, the minimum number of population that you need uh, to keep the game going. So are we starting to eat into that? Are the true lovers of the game starting to leave it because they see that it's it's fading away? Yeah, I guess the, the question there comes down to what is a sustainable population to keep the game alive? Because I do feel when I play now that there's that the tiers are getting more conflated that the matchmaker is struggling more and more to make well-balanced games and i mean that's just a subjective experience of that is that echoed in your own experience yeah Uh, and to add on to that i think wait times are probably a little bit up as well just to support the fact that you know the matchmaker is uh, is looking for pilots and uh, you know whilst they'd love to chuck uh, pilots of equal tiers or close tiers together uh, the fact that there's just not as many concurrent players on at the same time means uh, yeah that uh, you're waiting for a game uh, and anyone that jumps on is getting in there even if they're tier 5 so yeah look I think that is a fact uh, you know I think that we are seeing uh, a reduced population at the moment but uh, I guess we'll we'll tackle why that might be uh, a little bit later on. I mean, I, I think you made a really good point earlier when you talked about the, the the sort of weather analogy. And we've seen in the past um, times where the population has gone up a large amount because of um, various, you know, things being added to the game. Or, as, for example, cross-pollination from Battletech brought in a lot of players. Um, and it may be that this dip is a similar thing, that it will bounce back, that there's a loyal population who, you know, have a break and come back. Yeah, I think we'll, we've talked sort of around it, so let's just crack straight into some of the reasons that, that we can think of as why we may be seeing those changes at this time. Okay, so we've got a few points here, and let's just sort of rattle through them, um, what possible causes there may be for these drops in numbers that we're seeing. And I, I do want to mention that looking at those trends, both on the Steam charts and in Yale's, there does seem to be a health, healthy influx of new players and that doesn't really seem to be trending downwards as hard as the active players um, does. So as long as we've got fresh blood coming in, that's the most important thing. I still see people coming into Reddit and things like that who are new to the game and keen to keep playing. I love this game. What's going on kind of thing? Oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's have a look at what, possible causes we can see for those drops in numbers. So the first one I'm calling the abusive relationship. And this is um, lack of community confidence in PGI. I mean, we've tackled this on some episodes, right? Yeah, yeah, this is a big one. And, uh, you know, you just talked before about the fact that uh, you still see new players coming in um, from looking at the numbers and looking at Yarls. And if we are seeing an overall drop in population, I guess that 
if new players are coming in, it means that it's old, experienced players that are not playing at the moment. And that abusive relationship kind of attitude or feeling is probably more likely to affect uh, those old timers, those mech dads or or the people that take the game seriously or played for a long period of time. So I guess it's easy to think of the most recent event that may have sparked some of that ire. Mm. Uh, perhaps that lack of confidence in PGI has come off the back of uh, the MechWarrior 5 stuff uh, and people are just generally a little bit sick of you know getting punched in the face time and time again. And, and whilst they're not necessarily going to leave the relationship to use that analogy uh, perhaps they are just gonna uh, step aside and uh, get some space play some other games for a while uh, wait for the uh, mercenary stuff to die down before getting back into Megwara yeah perhaps slightly almost um, I don't want to say vindictive but a, a punitive response from the community that um, seen that PGI has made a big misstep and and therefore I'm not going to play your other product this query online game and i mean the positive spin on this is that it may be temporary people may trickle back the good thing about it as you say the positive spin is that when some of those issues are addressed you might see those players rush back you know because i think what underpins MechWarrior is that it is a relatively niche community so people enjoy the content and they enjoy playing and they are constantly looking for a reason to play uh, and at the moment there might be some reasons there that they won't play, but they'll always want to come back, I guess. If, it, if there's no obvious product for them to jump onto, especially. All right, let's go on to the next one. So the next one I'm calling, I'm not angry, just disappointed. And <laughs> this one is kind of related, but it's a little more insidious. It's sort of a feeling that PGI has failed to deliver on the promise of MWO. And let me just break down a little bit what I mean about that. So I guess as it feels like the MechWarrior Online project is finished, that really starts to hit home for people with the reality that they're not going to see whatever they hope for in the game, whatever they dreamed of, whatever feature, pet project that they had in mind for the game probably is not going to happen now. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. I mean, and obviously this episode's probably going to be full of analogies as we try and kind of communicate some of the, the, these feelings here, but it's almost like you're climbing a mountain looking forward uh, to the view when you get to the top and then you suddenly find you're at the top and the view isn't what you thought it was but um, yeah I, I understand that one and what you're trying to point out there is people are just like you know really you know uh, we've been wanting 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 we've been sticking with the game because we think that it's kind of gradually pushing towards where we want it to be and then boom if it suddenly ends you know you can probably think that people are not only disappointed but maybe a bit frustrated you know maybe they think well I've put all this time in put all this effort in I've supported the game and the community and now it's going to be suddenly you know taken away from me so you know that adds to that that feeling of uh, a lack of delivery disappointment well speaking of a lack of delivery I'm going to use that as a segue for the next point and that's what I'm calling ground mech day. So this is a sort of purgatory state where we're in at the moment where month to month, there's just not that much being added to the game in the way of new content, keeping it fresh. Yeah, who would have thought that uh, the mech packs uh, had so much influence on the game? I mean, I, yeah, PJ talked you know, quite fairly, I guess, about what was involved in getting those mech packs out and you know, potentially that the return on investment wasn't there. But... This, the lack of mech packs is not just about 
the mech pack itself. It's about content and not only have we not seen those new mechs, but we haven't seen major changes uh, in patches, uh, you know, current issues not addressed and all of those kind of things. So this one, this 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 groundhog day, this ground mech day that you have 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 said here, it does feel like purgatory. It feels as though like nothing's changing. And it, for a free-to-play game, you need to have those reasons to play. This one, this one, I think, is the most pertinent point. I think the lack of content is the is a real, real big one and, and a reason that, you know, for yourself uh, and, and for me as well, you want to find those reasons to play uh, and, and content often provides, you know, kind of the major reason that you would log in uh, and, uh, and, and shoot some mechs. Yeah, I think you've hit on a really good point there, that it's not that the, the patches are not just delivering the new mechs, they're also delivering the patch that is either paid for by those packs, you could say, or it's supporting those packs. So there's patches around the sort of weapons and things that may be involved either with this mech or the next mech or whatever down the line. It really does tap into that previous point that you were just talking about around the uh, not angry just disappointed in that you feel as though the final product is in front of you and you're looking at that final product and thinking, really, is, is that as far as the game's going to go? Uh, you know, delivering new content also gives players the feeling as though the game's in motion, if you know what I mean. You feel as though it's still working towards something. Uh, the meta's changing, the balance is changing, uh, you know, adding new mechs almost forces PGI to, to to look at the balance pitch each time and say, you know, how does this mech fit in and do we need to tinker with other mechs or weapons or systems or mechanics uh, to make that there. So, you know, the lack of content doesn't just symbolise new things going into the game. It almost symbolises a commitment to motion, if you know what I mean. Right. And I guess I might, I might jump ahead here and go to uh, a, a later point which is death due to old age what i'm calling death due to old age and that is because it's related it's the fact that we're playing the same game day in day out and it's just contributing to this sense of burnout that you know that we've done it it's done i'm not sure if i'm tying those together well do you know <laughs> am i am i making any sense yeah, you are. I mean, I think what you're talking about is is what's the downstream of it for a player if you are getting into the game and it just feels like you're on a treadmill. And I guess this, you know, this concept of motion that I talked about is though it doesn't seem the game doesn't seem like the game is going forward. It does give you that sense of burnout because you know I'm finding it a little bit at the moment is that if there's not an event on it's really hard to just jump into a game, you know, because of those other things, you know, and maybe there's a little bit of a tragedy of commons there, you know, that I I want to log in, I want to have a reason to play, and if I don't have a reason to play, I don't want to wait a long time to get into a match. You know, there's, there's almost those cascading effects that snowball uh, to give less and less reason to play. And if you do play, and if you do kind of get through those barriers, you can just feel a little bit burnt out because the same kind of uh, reward from playing is not there, if you know what I mean. That little adrenaline dump that you would get every time that you go into one of these, you know, matches and, and you know, you this, this mech-on-mech combat that you want to, you know, the less the game seems to be providing you, you know, the less reason that you feel to play it and the least that you get out of it. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, once you do get into a match, then it can feel very samey as well. 
because um, another another point that I've got noted down here, it's useless teammates, uh, a cry that we've heard many times across the battlefield. Um, and that, I think there really is a sort of a snowballing effect as sort of that matchmaker conflation that I was talking about where the tears get pushed closer and closer together more often. I've seen people in my, you know, I'm tier one. I've seen people with cadet tags in my games. Now, as that happens more and more often, those highly experienced players are going to get more and more frustrated with their teammates feel like then as experienced players, they're not able to contribute enough to overcome the sort of the ball and chain of those noob players and whether real or imagined, it's going to cause frustration. I think this one's legit. I mean, we go back to our very first episode and one of the points when we focused on matchmaking uh, and player skill was that the more often that you can match players of, of equal skill level, the more likely you are to get a, a good game. And the reverse of that is that the more that you place players with a really, really wide skill gap, if you're getting cadets in your games, it's really it's harder to have a good experience. You know, you, you're gonna you're gonna have a better game when you're playing with uh, players there at an, an equal skill level. And and again, that one just contributes. This one I think is a little bit of a downstream one. I think this stuff this is downstream of some of those other things uh, that we talked about. But yeah, and and you know maybe this is why you're seeing more experienced players reduce. You know, the population drop at the moment tends to be at those at, at that more experienced level. And yeah, this this might be one of the the reasons. You know, that the burnout and the frustration that's in involved with the matchmaker not quite delivering to you what it is that you that you want mm, another straw for the camel's back perhaps yeah <laughs> and then you know with all these points that are that we've made in mind it becomes really easy for other games and things to pull people away and um so i'm calling this the distracted boyfriend meme so it's you know the meme where the guy's looking over his shoulder and his girlfriend's looking at him incredulously as he looks at a girl in a red dress um <laughs> and that's you know whatever latest game there is uh, borderlands 3 for example right now has got a lot of people's attention so it's as these um negative experiences with the game just draw on it's going to become easier and easier for people to find other things to play i suppose you'd say yeah, I mean, the marketplace is saturated with things that are, are, are there to grab your attention. Uh, and whether it's the newest game that's going to be launched or a game that you just like, uh, but, you know, you don't spend as much time playing, you know, it's really, really easy, obviously, and there's so much choice. Uh, so, you know, yeah, again, you can turn your head and be, you know, McWarrior can be the girlfriend standing next to you, but, you know, you're turning your head and looking at the game uh, that's in the red dress uh, I, and I think it's not even current games. Uh, you know, I I have to talk about MechWarrior 5 at the moment. And, you know, I think MechWarrior 5 is a huge, huge distraction to the population at the moment. And whether it's because some of that other stuff that we talked about, you know, the lack of confidence, it, it's certainly a distraction. Mm. And it's a distraction for PGI themselves. You know, it, it's it's uh, taking their resources away. You know, it's a, uh, a distraction that means that, you know, they don't have the devs there to, you know, put through comprehensive patch or, or, or spend time uh, injecting the content into MechWarrior. So I guess probably the, again, the only positive aspect of that is that that is a problem that is easily fixed. So, you know, as soon as PGI don't have to commit all their resources to, to uh, mercenaries, uh, you know, 
then it's it's quick and easy to inject some content back into MechWarrior and get people um, you know interested again. But whether this is a climate change and we will see a degradation down to the point where the population is not, not enough to sustain it or whether it's just a weather change mm. and there's a downturn whilst some of these distractions are happening, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, and here's, here's another positive thing as well. I mean, I, I've been searching around for other games to play, not just for me, but for our unit as well. And if, you, if you're looking for a game that's just like MechWarrior Online, it doesn't exist. There is literally no other options for a game that I've found. Please feel free to send them through to me that offer you the same level of tinkering with your your build of something and then taking it out and using it to shoot other people in the face and, you know, that teamwork and all those little things. It doesn't have to be a mech game, but, you know, I just haven't found it that has those same challenges that MechWarrior has. So that's really something you know, an ace up its sleeve, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it gives people a reason to come back because it's a relatively unique experience. And, you know, maybe Mercenaries will will cut some of its grass. Mm. You know, Mercenaries will give elements of it. Uh, but, you know, the closest games, I mean, I mentioned Hawken before, uh, you know, again, that's died and that's gone. And, you know, unless you're looking at some of these, maybe these games on mobile, like War Robots or all those kind of things, mm. You know, there's nothing that gives you the level of immersion, I think, and that, that MechWarrior Online does. So it certainly has that going for it. Again, whether they activate that again or whether there's the uptick, yeah, don't know. Mm. And I mean, that brings us on to the final point that I've got here, which is which I've called Unplug the Life Support, which is the sort of feeling that, you know, as long as people are feeling like the game's in its, its death throes, then why would I want to invest my time into it? Why would I want to sink time, grind, money into the game if at any time PGI could decide to pull the plug? It's a very good point, and particularly with a free-to-play game. You know, a free-to-play game really does rely on having those hooks there uh, and giving you a reason to play and to play often uh, because, you know, you need to put... PGI needs you to put a certain amount of game time in so that you're willing to put some real currency into the game. Uh, and it's a delicate balance. Uh, you know, you talked about that positive and, and the upside for MechWarrior and that it is a unique experience. Uh, but where is the tipping threshold? You know, if the income starts to reduce to an absolute trickle, uh, you know, how quickly before they do cut off that life support and decide that it's better to pull the plug and uh, you know and for players to say it's not worth my time anymore I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put in the money uh, all the time uh, that that can help sustain the game PGI is not a charity and the, um, they're not gonna they're not a big enough studio and they've got a lot of <laughs> uh, commitments so they can't just keep the servers on and paying for those um, if they if they're not if the game's not at least paying for that, I'd, I guess you'd say at least not for long. Yeah, I mean, and if we look at the, the the big games, the trend's actually in the other in the other direction. You know, a a game can get canned for simply not making enough. Mm. It can still be financially viable, but if the shareholders don't get the return that they expected, uh, you know, games can get canned or franchises can get ended based on that. And you know, whilst PGI probably aren't beholden 
to that as a, as a relatively small studio, you know, their, their licensing power and that may, it might be beholden uh, to, to what kind of returns that they can show, what kind of growth they can show in the franchise. All right. So a bit of a bleak picture, I guess, for, for MacWare Online. I, well, I hope that um, we can give some people some hope, uh, at least if not for right now, then at least for the future through the course of this episode. Um, so let's let's move on to um, having a think about what those final days will look like. Because as I've said before, if you prophesize the death of MacWarrior for long enough, eventually you will be right. I mean, no matter how far down the track we have to go before those play accounts actually snowball to where to the point where the game's not sustainable anymore at some point it's going to happen so we can sort of look at some other games and how they've ended and um have a think about how it might look when the service do eventually get switched off so the first thing that i think we might see is that the content continues to wind down to the point where pga actually removing paid for offerings so as to act in good faith with the player base because i think even no matter how demonic a picture you want to paint of pgi i don't think they're going to want to be asking people for money and then be like ha, but surprise we're going to switch off the service tomorrow i think at some point they're going to say we're going to stop offering those things and we may even see as a counterpoint a bunch of free stuff get offered hey thanks for still playing our game here's some free content yeah, I mean, once once the content truly does dry up, uh, you know, that would be a sure sign uh, of being in the final days. And I guess, you know, what we've talked about up until now is, are we seeing the final days? And, we, we, you know, we've been asking the question to see, you know, with the population drop, you know, are we starting to see that downtick? In, in taking out content, and as you say, if they're taking away stuff that you can legitimately pay for because they don't want to take money from you, for something that they're not going to continue to deliver. But yeah, I agree. I think that would kind of be a, a sure sign uh, that that uh, we are entering uh, those final days. I guess, you know, looking at the other side is that as soon as they do start to inject more content is probably a sign that we are starting to see, uh, you know, the, the game being revitalized. Uh, and, you know, that would be one thing that we'd say to listeners to keep an eye for is that... Uh, as soon as we see content taken away or as soon as we start to see content added, that's probably going to be the major indicator as to what the future of the game is. Mm. And I think uh, no matter which of those it is, if you're still around, just keep enjoying the game. Keep playing the game. Keep having fun with the game. Focus, Try, try and focus on those sort of things, I guess. Um, that's that's the way to enjoy it is to enjoy it while it lasts because it's it's just not going to be around forever. Yeah, and look, probably one of the main questions to come out of it, if that happens, is the why. Uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit, as you said, about MechWarrior 2, MechWarrior Online 2, and the final days of MechWarrior Online might simply be the transition period to a bigger and better game. So, you know, it's not necessarily that, uh, you know, someone's flipped a switch and the game's gone forever. Uh, it could be that we are moving from one phase and then we're evolving into the next version of the game. So, yeah, even if they are taking stuff away and it does look like, uh, you know, things are dying, it could just be that, uh, yeah, it's going to be reborn in another version. A hiatus, if you will. All right. So, the next thing that we might see just from looking at other games is that, um, and as, as I kind of mentioned before, those financial constraints 
might force PGR to make the call that they're going to shut down the servers either one by one, probably Asia Pacific be the first to go, Oceania is out, <laughs> and then and then or or altogether. Uh, and what I've seen from other games is that the sort of what we call in MechWarrior quick play might disappear. And for a time, you might be able to sort of do private matches and things like that. I don't know. What do, what do you think about that? Does that seem something that's likely to happen? Yeah. I mean, and, and here, uh, our Oshu servers will, will definitely be on the chopping block first, I think. And yeah, I mean, that wouldn't make a huge difference. I mean, you and I are used to paying on playing on kind of 300 ping, I guess, on, on the other yeah. servers. But uh, yeah, look, I, I think... I'm not sure whether they would phase that out, to be honest. I think as soon as you unplug one server, you, you're showing, you're tipping your cards mm. so much, you know. I I guess a question for me is whether they would uh, open source any of their code to allow the community to create some servers to allow quick play. Um, you know, PGI are a small studio, and I guess it will depend on the future. I mean, if it is the final days of MechWarrior Online, and if there's nothing on the horizon or if, you know, mercenaries and the single player or co-op experience is all we're going to see, that probably just hit all three switches at once, I think, and, and would see maybe private lobbies for a time or maybe just the whole thing shuts down. Kaput. Mm. There may be a bit of work involved in actually, you know, recoding the game to allow just private lobbies to exist. So it might not be worth the, the juice and might not be worth the squeeze to use one of your phrases. One question that intrigues me is how the player base are likely to react when, you know, when these sort of four horsemen of the apocalypse do appear in the sky. You know, how are people actually going to feel about that? It seems at times that that's what people want to happen. They want the game to fail, but when it does, will they be satisfied or frustrated? I don't think anyone wants it to fail. I mean, you know, the keyboard warriors out there that'll post on Reddit or tweet or whatever it's just an outrage culture at the moment it's uh you get more likes and upvotes and general attention from being negative so you know despite the people that doomsay regularly i think they want them want the game to continue i mean even even an asset like tear up you know he wants the game to continue so he's got something to complain about so he can get some attention so uh, you know i don't think anyone would would want to see it go people may want it in a different version they may want you know a bit of effort with the game they may want things to change but you know i think one thing about the community is that it does engender people that have a genuine love you know for the franchise for the law for the title for the experience so i don't think anyone would really want it to shut down i think overwhelmingly the sentiment would be would be disappointment i, I don't think there, there would be anyone out there you know thinking yes you know, yes, it's gone. Uh, I, I just think people would, you know, the people, the normal shit posters would be like, oh, I told you, you know, told I told you, so. you it was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, you know, ha, 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 I was right all along. Um, you know, you, you definitely get those those kind of, uh, you know, grog nuts, um, you know, posting on Reddit. But, but yeah, generally speaking, I think overwhelmingly people would be disappointed because everyone knows that at its core, MechWarrior, it's not only unique, but it, it, you know it's very satisfying as an experience. I know one comment that I'm going to read, and it's going to be there multiple times, and that is basically saying, how dare PGI do this? We are paying customers. They should keep the game going for all of us who are supporting them all these years. So as paying customers, what are we entitled to from PGI, in your opinion? 
Nothing. Uh, you know, we we did our uh, episode where we talked about uh, their reaction to the uh, exclusive with Epic Games, and you know, I said at the time that you can't hate on a studio like PGI making decisions that are good for them financially. And uh, the fact that MechWarrior has lasted as long as it has, uh, the fact that their monetization processes have, particularly in the current environment, been pretty ethical, I think most players should feel happy with their investment. Even for the whales out there that have brought every mech pack, uh, <coughs> temporary access, and <laughs> you know, spent a lot of money on the game, you know, the enjoyment that they've got from it is certainly worth it. It's not like this is an, you know, FIFA where you'd pay, you know, sixty to a hundred dollars for the game and then have to spend another four hundred dollars in microtransactions just for twelve months. If you have played this game, uh, it's probably been for a good period of time. You don't have to spend money on it. You can still have a good time. So, whilst people might feel a little gypped, they might have that sense of entitlement, which is again pretty pretty common. Uh, in today's culture I think if you did look at it you've got to feel as though there's been some value for you as a customer particularly when you look at some of the other games that are out there mm. and I mean I, I, I consider myself somewhat of a small whale uh, a porpoise if you will <laughs> the, the, I've injected a you know what for me is a decent amount of money into the game and it's not it's not to the levels of some people but if you actually break that down into the dollars per minute value, it's, it's nothing. It's cents per minute, I'm sure, for the thousands of hours that I've got out of it. And and you said, you know, PGI need to make the decisions that are best for their studio. I guess the caveat I'd say for them is it's hard to know sometimes what those best decisions are. You know, the best decision, obvious best decision might be take some money from Epic Games and, and yeehaw, we got lots of money. But oh no, <laughs> we've lost heaps of our pre-orders. I, whether that was the right decision or not, time will tell. However, you know that that's the point I'm making that it's not always obvious to know what those best decisions for the studio are. And if they do decide that that turning off uh, MechWarrior is what they do, uh, and there was still the chance to monetize it, yep, you know it may have it may not be the best decision. But if we do look at the history, I think the history is one of value. Mm. So if you are, if you have been a paying customer, as you say, I think if we look at a value statement, that there's there's been huge value in the game. The enjoyment that you could get from it, you know, think about. I mean, half the players that are listening at the moment, I'm sure, have Smurf accounts, and I'm sure the Smurf accounts they have not put a lot of money into it, but I'm sure they've had a hell of a good time playing in their Smurf accounts as well. So, you know, Smurf Smurf accounts provide a good. A really good example of, of how you can get value out of the game. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I um, whilst people will feel entitled because that's what people do uh, in today's culture, you know, I think if you take a step back, uh, you should be happy of the value that you've got and, and not sweat it too much if the switch does get flicked. Mm. A history of value from MechWarrior Online and PGI, but also a history of missteps. So, what's the worst case for how the game? gets switched off what's the what's the what's the biggest misstep they can make for how they decide to go about that for me it'd be timing 
you know, if uh, if they don't communicate it well, and we know that they they do have a bit of a history of uh, communication not being the greatest, then then that would leave a sour taste in everyone's mouth. You know, I'm sure they see a future for themselves as a studio, and for argument's sake, let's say they uh, have they pin their hopes on Mercenaries as their flagship product. Uh, and, and hoping for, for more of those down the track. If they decide to end MWO and they do it suddenly or they promise something and then don't deliver, uh, they risk some reputational damage. And, and that's the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario would be that they, they cock up the timing, they're not honest or they're disingenuous about it and boom, they flick the switch and players are left feeling gypped i guess yeah great point great point i mean it just occurred to me that the worst you know talking of timing the worst timing would be like oh you know december here's mech warrior 5 and by the way mech warrior online's gone now play mech warrior 5 <laughs> yeah that would be oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah exactly right and and you know that's kind of a a PR nightmare uh, and yeah you know we have probably seen examples where you know PGI have maybe not handled uh, those communications well uh, and again you know that they if they revert to type <laughs> in this decision uh, then yeah that, that would be the worst case scenario but but if they can uh, you know take a, a measured approach to it you know, if they can uh, time it well and, and do it in a way that uh, gives MWO the, you know, the respect it deserves and the community the respect it deserves, you know, that, that kind of goes to what the best case would be uh, if, if it was to end. That's the next sort of thing that I was going to talk about is what's the shape of the best case of, of the thing? So we've got We've got one really good point from you, which is, you know, that the timing's right. I mean, I guess we've got to keep the lights on until, you know, December, after December at least. You know, we've got to keep going until then at least, guys, because if they kill it before that, that'd be a huge misstep. I mean, what about in terms of the the speed of the um, shutdown, how, the, how it's communicated and things like that? Okay, well, if we assume that it has to end, uh, and if we assume there's a few scenarios here if it was to end and be phased out because they're going to phase in something else it becomes much much easier to deal with you know mm. that, that uh, becomes far easier to communicate if they're going to phase it out and there is no longer the mecora online experience in one regard or another then they they really do have to try and transition people to that other product and that would certainly mean doing it after Mercenaries has launched and perhaps even timing the phase out of MechWarrior with uh, some DLC for Mercenaries or, or, or something, mm. um, whether that be you know the modding support available through Steam or whether it's related to modding or whether it's related to DLC. I think the best case scenario is where they transition as many players from MWO over to Mercenaries. Because we've talked about the fact that the experience is unique, that there's something about MechWarrior that people like, uh, you know, the the the, the lore, you know, uh, tinkering in the Mech Lab, you know, the, the depth of the game. And whilst that wouldn't be produced verbatim in Mercenaries, there's obviously a massive amount of, uh, 
you know, carry over. There's a massive amount of synergy between those games. So I think the best case scenario, if we believe that MechWarrior on launch is done, uh, would be to transition people successfully to mercenaries. And, you know, that might even be through content. You yeah. know, it might be that if you if you held a certain, you know, degree of content in uh, MechWarrior online, then that gives you some, some free content in mercenaries or something like that. Loyalty, MechWare Online Loyalty 2019 or 2020 might be content in MechWarrior 5. Hey, thanks for playing our game for so long. Here's some free content in our new product. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly if it's if, if it's within the context of this is going to wind down and, you know, yeah, people are made aware of that fact. Yeah, so communication saying, look, this is our plan. This is our three-month plan for how we're going to wind down and close. So nobody's surprised. People get a chance to air their feelings and all that kind of stuff. It's not just, hey, we're switching it off tomorrow. <laughs> and you made a good point before that this, a lot of this conversation assumes that MechWarrior Online in its current form won't survive until the reincarnation. Uh, it'll need to go away and come and return. But that may not be the case. It, it may be that um, it can limp along. Uh, it may be that some of those um, positive things that we talked about at the top of the episode where we, you know, um, PGI might start re-injecting the game with new content, reinvigorating the game. Those may happen and may, may be able to survive until, until some sort of refresh. All right, team. So we've discussed whether the current game is on the way out and how it may look. For the final part of the show, I'd like to explore the possibility of a sequel. First, what stars would need to align for a relaunch, and then a little fanciful speculation on what MWO2 might look like to close off. Obviously, it's going to be hard to do much more than guess as to whether it will happen or not, but we can at least look at some of the factors in play in the decision for PGI. So first and foremost, um, business. So Cousin, you're going to help me out with this business thing. I'm not a businessman. <laughs> <laughs> so the first and most obvious thing to happen, and we've discussed it in other episodes, is PGI need to release MechWarrior 5 successfully and probably also to scope and begin work for any sort of DLC and so forth that they may want to have. So they might, they definitely want to make sure that they're able to produce that extra content and scope that work and um, make some money out of that before they, you know, divert their attention over to a new project. So secondly, PGI would need to look at the idea of MechWarrior Online 2, scope that project, how much work's going to go into it for the initial product, and feel like it's financially sound. Simply put, that they can sell enough product to get to the profit targets they're aiming for. Is there more to it than that? No, I don't think so. I mean, if we're looking at it from a high level, uh, you know, the... You know, probably the other things to consider would be whether they can manage it as a studio uh, and, uh, you know, do they have the infrastructure uh, to, to do all those things that you were saying. But, I mean, if we boil that down, basically it needs to make financial sense and uh, it needs to be good business, for, for lack of a better word. And, yeah, I mean, the unspoken thing here is that you and I both hope that MechWarrior Online 2 is, uh, in the pipeline and mercenaries is uh, obviously ahead of that in the queue mm. uh, and you know that, that mercenaries itself provides a launching pad mm. uh, both financially and uh, obviously in reputation 
for MWO too. But yeah, as long as it's going to be good business and yeah, of course, the success or lack of success of mercenaries might be a huge, huge factor uh, as to whether that is the case. Yeah, and it may even be a stepping stone in terms of infrastructure. So this may be, you know, part of a plan to relaunch MechWarrior Online in terms of, you know, we've got the engine here, we've got all the mechs in the game, we've got all this sort of infrastructure here in place and we can just build on, you know, the online aspects of the game for less of an investment and get that up and running. Yeah, look, I mean, I guess probably the only other thing I'd, I'd add in there about whether it's good business is whether the desire is there. Mm. You know, it, it, I think uh, they've invested so much already in Micro Online and they uh, have been working on mercenaries for a long time. You know, PGI might know something about what it is to run a free-to-play game or a Battle Royale-type game, you know, the type of game that MechWarrior Online is there may just not be the desire because obviously for that type of game there is a level of you know strong level of maintenance that's required uh you know they have to be willing to manage the community in a way Mm. uh, that they probably don't need to with a, a game like mercenaries a single player experience so yeah you know good business also kind of factors in that the will and desire uh to do that type of game uh, is there as well yeah and and i guess people factor into this decision as well that the heads of the studio have to be enthusiastic have to be inspired and excited about the idea of doing it because you know it might make financial sense but if they i they are probably burnt out on me query by now uh you know they might just not want to i wouldn't be surprised and one more person who needs to be behind it is bill gates or if not Bill Gates, then at least Microsoft. Um, because when it comes to MechWarrior video games, Microsoft is the license holder there, meaning that it's their property, which they effectively lease to PGI. And um, as with a rental property, Microsoft are going to want to make sure that IP, intellectual property, is being taken care of and no damage is being done to the value of what for them is an asset. Yeah, I mean, exactly right. And I think uh, the current law in America is that you can hold that for 20 years. So, you know, that IP is probably still got some value. Um, I guess it's been maybe half that time. I'm not exactly sure what the licensing agreements are. Uh, but, you know, yeah, it does make a lot of sense. Is the juice worth the squeeze for Microsoft as well? I mean, it's not beyond possibility that another studio comes in and outbids PGI for the rights. Uh, you know, it is pretty niche, so I'm, I'm sure that's not too big uh, of an issue for PGI. But, you know, the licensing uh, process probably feeds into that first point that we made about whether it's good business or not, because, you know, PGI also need to have the will and desire uh, to be doing what whatever Microsoft sets for them in regards to targets or or what they need to achieve to make sure that they're protecting and, and promoting the IP. Mm. I mean, it's it's not beyond the realms of possibility that Microsoft see, you know, the the success, undeniable success that PGI have had with this game, and that there's people quite willing to open their whale wallets and 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 pay for pay for their property to somebody else in, in effect, and and they might think either that they want to keep it for themselves or. Yeah, there might be someone else willing to tender, you know, Gojin who do, you know, World of Tanks or whatever. They might be keen. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, and yeah, as long as they don't read Reddit, I think they'll be fine. They <laughs> should probably see that uh, PGI's been successful. But yeah, look, I don't think you could call it if you're giving it an honest assessment. I don't think you could call it anything but uh, success. Uh, you know, longevity in the market is probably the biggest factor. Uh, and you know, whilst kind of Russ alluded to the fact that maybe uh, Mech Warrior Online is maybe no longer as financially lucrative as it once was. I mean, we don't necessarily know what the state of the financials were, whether it was sustaining or not. You know, Microsoft will, we should probably be happy with with the fact that it's lasted this long and been as successful as it is. But uh, yeah, I, I think the market is niche enough, the property is niche enough that PGI wouldn't have to worry too much about, um, you know, kind of competitive bids. So I, I, the options there, it's just whether, again, the uh, the will and desire and the and the, um, the return on investment is going to be there to, to bite off a new and improved version of MechWarrior Online. You know, particularly in a market where, you know, every every second game is a battle royale, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> it's, you know, the, the, all these clones of um, Fortnite and Call of Duty and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, we, who knows what the market will do. Hopefully we go away from those types of games and something else rises, but whatever else rises and whatever whatever else starts to trend, uh, whether it be battle royales or looter shooters or whatever, that may also not be in the direction of, you know, mech-based combat. Well, I, you know what? I was originally going to poo-poo the, the idea of a mech warrior battle royale, and I even had it in the show notes, and I thought, shit, you know what? MechWarrior Online Battle Royale would actually be really cool, like a Solaris style, you know, get 24 people in their last man standing could totally work. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, as long as you don't put it into Fortnite, <laughs> yeah. I think people would probably <laughs> probably enjoy it. Um, but yeah, look, I think a mech-based Battle Royale is not going to be for the 11-year-olds uh, that, that, that form the bulk of the uh, Fortnite audience. So yeah, I mean... I, it's a good idea, but um, yeah, it would be uh, it'd be great to, to see something like that. But yeah, licensing is definitely a legit concern, uh, and you know that would have to be a box that gets ticked on the road uh, to Macquarie Online too. Yeah, and the and the biggest and most important thing that PGI are going to be looking at as well is is the market. People need to want the game and obviously be prepared to open their wallets to support it you know there is some brand toxicity there you know you mentioned that these developers shouldn't go look on reddit i think if they're game developers they'll be used to it (laughs) i think it's pretty much par from the course from what i've seen but pgi need to think about that when they when they when they're considering whether you know people are going to straight away turn around and pay for for updated version of the game and we're going to want to see for the new product from a veteran developer now we're going to want to see something really tangible um, before we'll get behind it. I don't see some sort of Kickstarter or pre-order based on a video getting much traction. Uh, it might even do more harm than good to the project. I think PGI really need to get it almost ready to go before they show it to us. Yeah, uh, look, PGI are almost in that middle ground, I think, between a, an indie developer. Uh, and look, even if you take, say, someone like Hairbrain Schemes, who can crowdsource uh, to fund for Battletech, you know, PGI are almost in that middle ground where they're not a not a studio backed by you know a major uh, publisher like EA or or Activision, um, but they're also not necessarily an indie developer where they could crowdsource 
uh, and, and kind of do it in their garage. You know, if they were to do MechWarrior Online 2, we would expect a slick product. We would expect something that's uh, an improvement on MechWarrior Online. And, you know, both you and I and probably a lot of our listeners think that's a, a bloody good game. You know, we you take into account things like the art design and all of that kind of stuff. It's, it's freaking amazing. So we would expect something better. Um, so whether there's the market for that or not is really interesting because it would take quite a bit of investment. Mm. Uh, you know, they've, they've just invested a lot of time in mercenaries. Uh, what you would hope, the best case scenario, I think market-wise, is that mercenaries is successful. Uh, it grows the brand. Uh, yes, there is, there can be brand toxicity, but if publishers like EA and Activision who are just evil, evil corporations, <laughs> if they can continue to make billions and billions of dollars in profit, if they can continue to uh, not alienate a community to the point where they don't spend, then PGI can certainly survive, uh, I think, as well. And, you know, gamers, gamers' memory is only back as far. You're only as good as your last game. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We talked about it with mercenaries. If mercenaries is kick ass, people are going to have a short memory. They're mm. not going to care about Epic Games. They're not going to care about anything. If you have that itch for some meek action and mercenaries is good, you know, you're not going to care who delivers it or how it's delivered. You just want to gonna want to get in and play it. So, you know, whilst toxicity can be a problem, uh, I think though that can be easily overcome by a good game. So, you know, if uh, Mercenaries is successful and the market exists, the PGI's reputation and all of those things, I think will be pretty, pretty, a pretty small factor in whether people buy it or not. And yeah, as you say, they're probably not going to be able to go down the pathway of a true indie developer in crowdsourcing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're probably going to expect a, a professional and slick game uh, and yeah, hopefully the market is there. Hopefully, mercenaries is successful, and that paves the way for for an awesome second version of MechWarrior Online. Yeah, and a, and a slick video isn't going to cut it. You know, for when it comes time to show us for the first time this game, it's gonna. I I would say that it needs to be fairly completed. PGI needs to put in the um, groundwork to getting the game near release before they do that. And I, I think that's going to play into their to their benefit uh, because you know that some of the stuff you're talking about like time heals all wounds or time wounds all heals and one of those it's um (laughs) given enough time people will build a desire to have that experience again people will be able to let go of the fact that they've already ground out all their mechs they've already you know bought all this contact content if there was time passed between those two events then I feel like they'd be prepared to to give it another shot. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. People will be itching for that uh, mech on mech action, uh, team on team action that you get through through MechWarrior Online. It's a unique experience, as we talked about, and that alone might be a reason enough for uh, PGI to bite off the MechWarrior Online too. Mm. All right, MechWarrior Online two. So in this last part of the show, we're going to sort of hypothesize about a MechWarrior Online 2 and do a sort of a little speculation on what it might look like, a little hopeful sort of 
look into the future. Yeah, we've been doom saying Captain Cat about uh, whether Mequora Online, the game we love and we've dedicated a podcast to, is potentially going to end and whether we are seeing the final throws. Um, so yeah, let's get to something more upbeat, uh, MechWarrior Online 2. Uh, I'm hyped for it. I'm hyped for a MechWarrior Online 2, what it could be. It gets me excited. It gets me firing. I'm sure plenty of people out there have some ideas about what they'd like to see from a new game. So when's it going to happen? What's the what's the timeline on this? I mean, I'm, I'm going to guess. What do you reckon? Well, if we are moving to this last part of the episode where we assume that it's going to happen, uh, or... Maybe if we replace assume with hope, uh, let's um, let's assume. Mm. Uh, I guess that Mecca Online 2 is going to happen. I don't think that you, you would have to let mercenaries launch and land. So I think you could begin MechWarrior Online 2 shortly after mercenaries, but I think they have to deliver mercenaries and they have to deliver at least one good DLC. Mm. So... You know, we see mercenaries, fingers crossed, at the end of this year. Uh, I think you'd be looking into, you know, 2021 at the very earliest before you could see uh, MechWarrior Online 2. Yeah, I think you're right about those development dates. Uh, I think about 2020 uh, next year. It's 2020 seems so far away, but it is only next year. Um, I, is the, I think the absolute soonest we'd hear about that the game's in development and maybe see a pre-order at some point. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, it would be, it would almost be reassuring, uh, you know, to see uh, Mercenaries land and for PGI to announce, uh, you know, DLC. And once the DLC's landed to then announce that they're working on uh, MWO2, that would be ideal. I'd love to hear that. Yeah, and things like this, you know, they take time and Rome wasn't built in a day and neither was Mercury Online. Um, so the, I think it's going to take at least a year, even with all that groundwork, even with being able to use uh, Mercury 5 as a stepping stone, a lot of the engines and stuff's already there. I think 2021 is the absolute earliest we could see a revised version. All right, so the game engine... Undoubtedly, it's going to be the un same Unreal Engine used in MechWarrior 5, unless that's caused a lot of headaches and maybe it's still to be seen. I'm not super techy, but Unreal's one of the best, isn't it? Yeah, it's well supported and um, they they basically kind of give you some money. to. It, there's the tie-in with the Epic Games, which PGI is still, obviously. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. I, ooh, trigger, trigger warning, sorry. Back out of the I Epic Games said, discussion. I should have said trigger <laughs> warning. Uh, the, uh, yeah, so... The, there's a tie-in with Epic Games um, with the Unreal Engine, so I think you get the the engine for free if you're in the Epic Games store. So there's just looking at the shape of the game. There's sort of two main ways that we've kind of talked about so far it playing out. That there's what I'm calling a soft relaunch, which is an in-stream update to V2, or there's a you know full relaunch where the game goes away for a time and then comes back as as a refurbished model i'm not sure that the game that MechWarrior online has it in it to stick it out for long enough to make it to vision 2 yeah i agree i mean at that point it would be limping along uh, you know i don't think they'd do that I, I think it would make more sense to have a dignified ending you know go out with a headshot or something like that is that uh, dignified 
<laughs> you know, go out with a headshot after you've done like a thousand damage or yeah, something yeah, nice. like that. Oh, yeah, nice. um, go out with a dignified and planned ending and then use the intervening period uh, to build hype. And, and I think it's crucial that you, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Mm. Give players a chance to miss the experience so that you can hype them up for the relaunch. You know, that that's going to be a big, uh, thing to overcome for the game is that is is our accounts like our accounts well my account i speak for myself is worth something to me you know all those mechs those hundreds of mechs that i've bought ground out played tons of matches with loved is gonna be lost and and it's gonna be hard for me to just let go of that so absence makes the heart grow fonder as you say i think you know, in the research for this game, I've really struggled to think of games that had a version two relaunch where it was relevant that there was player progress from version one and, and whether it carried over or not. And I'm not I'm not an archivist when it comes to games. I'm not I don't I don't know about every game or anything like that. Um, so feel free to to let me know. But yeah, I, that's that's one of the biggest things I think I struggle with to imagine how that sh- how that's going to work carrying things from one game to the next yeah you know particularly for a game uh, based on collection you know that the, the poker mech phenomenon is is a big part of the mech warrior experience truth be told i don't think that there is a, a comprehensive way to manage the ownership from from one account to the next you know i think they could reasonably give you a, a head start mm in MechWarrior 2 and I think that would make the most amount of sense give people I mean that alone would give people a reason to download and get the new game so you know you create a hook straight away to from transitioning from one game to the other if you say to people you know you will at least maintain something uh, and you know I don't know what what form that would take uh, but yeah you know I think they will do it to one degree or another you know I think if they uh, transition and, and if there's a gap between it you know I think that becomes a crucial kind of marketing tactic is to say you loved MechWarrior online mm. uh, you know here's the new improved version plus you know you're going to retain some of the you know uh, content or what would you say some of your investment mm. you're going to retain it in the new game we're going to we're going to kickstart you uh, on the way uh, and it may even be, whilst it will likely be, you know, content, mech-related content, it might be titles, you know, it might be some of the stuff like, um, you know, the, the founding mm. level um, bonuses uh, that uh, you had when it kicked off. So, yeah, that, that would make sense. And again, as I said, the, the biggest reason to do it would be that you are drawing that player base back in, you know, come back because we're going to give you some of the stuff that you had. Yeah. I like the sound of that. I mean, and and one other way that I thought that you might be able to handle it is a kind of indirect way is that if the game was set in a very different timeline, then that wouldn't be so relevant. You know, if it's either in the future from where we are in MechWarrior Online or in the past where a lot of those mechs aren't available or are not relevant, then, you know, the fact that you don't have those mechs anymore makes sense, if you know what I mean, like thematically, um, because they haven't been invented yet or they're like old news so that's one easy way that they could handle that and also it would have the benefit of you know freshening up the game because there's going to be you know a new set of challenges in terms of weapons available or 
or, or, or settings, timeline events, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, look, I think that will please the grognards uh, of the community. You know, the, the, the true gamers of the community will probably prefer the other way. Mm. <laughs> we, you know, where a lot of your stuff or, or a good portion of your stuff transfers over or, you know, there's some significance. But, yeah, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a cool kind of narrative way of dealing with it. Uh, but, you know, I think, you know, most gamers, you know, myself included, uh, you know, you're probably going to want to prefer to come into the new game and be able to retain at least some benefits of the investment that you that you had in the other game. Yeah, and I've got an idea for that. But before I tell you that, uh, I'd like to close out the show by um, just going through some a sort of a top five list of firstly the things that we don't want, and then finish on a positive note with the things that we would like to see in MechWarrior Online 2. And that's where I'll hold on to that little bit. I'm dying to see now, but I'll, I'll hold on to my idea uh, until then. All right, so let's kick off uh, with you, uh, with your top five list of things you don't want to see in MechWarrior Online 2, starting with number five. Firstly, this was a pretty fun exercise, actually, uh, when, when I sat down uh, and, and did this, you know, it kind of did really make me think. Uh, so um, my top five don't wants, and uh, I will uh, start with my fifth. Uh, I don't want to see less mechs. You know, one of the things I love about Mercura Online is the massive amount of uh, diversity, and uh, I love that there is 700 odd. So, yeah, I love the huge amount of mechs. If you're going to give me Mech Warrior 2, give me heaps of mechs, please. No less. I don't want to just have 40 mechs that I can collect. Yeah. Or 700. It's going to be hard to go from that many to a smaller amount for sure. So, my number five uh, things that I don't want to see in Mech Warrior Online 2 is. The skill tree is removed, and I think this is going to be a contentious one. But oh, jeez! Uh, oh man, people have just turned it off. Captain Kit, <laughs> unsubscribe. The <laughs> the actually, I really like the skill trees, and I admit that they have some fairly serious flaws um, that I would hope would be improved upon in MechWarrior Online Two. But I love the idea that there's yet another way to customize your mech. It's not just the things you put in it, but there's the sort of specialization. Like other games done it really well as well. The idea can be better executed, but my number five is I want to see skill trees in some form retained in MechWarrior Online 2. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. Maybe revamped would be the, the R word uh, that I would put in, into that one. Okay, yeah, my number four, don't want, I don't want Solaris. I um I, I uh, it's a fail. I think I think you just need to make a call, and in MechWarrior Online Two, you could retain it as some kind of event or something special. But as a main game mode, shh, yep, get that one out the door. Yeah, I think uh, the time is told on on Solaris that um it's cool, but people aren't keen for it. There's it's got some fairly serious flaws in it. It makes more sense to have it as a an annual or a quarterly thing anyway. Like it's supposed to be a, a MechWarrior Olympics basically, isn't it? So let's do it that way. Love it. All right. My number four for things that I want to see in MechWarrior Online 2 is a major increase in grind. Now, as I've mentioned, I've been sort of trying my hand at other games. Some of them have been free to play. And let me just tell you, if you don't know it for yourself, that the grind is real. Like MechWarrior Online is... Uh, a nursery when you compare it to some of these other free-to-play games it it really gets to the point with some of these games i've been playing some gaijin games that uh, that's world of tanks and things like that 
that you just feel like you're not getting anywhere unless you throw real money at the game. And I think that there could easily be the temptation there for PGI to be like, ah, I see how this free-to-play business is done and uh, enact that. But yeah, I think that they've on the the other way to frame that is they've they've done a really good job of doing it the way they've done it. And please stick with that model. Yeah, yeah, I and mean, we we're uh, we've got a grind episode in the works, so we'll delve into that in more detail. But yeah, couldn't agree more on that one. Right, my number three is obviously something I've been hot on, and that is the uh, PSR, the the tier system. Uh, I've obviously we have obviously talked a lot about the fact that at the moment it uh, is not a ranking system. It's not a system that works if you are going to redo MechWarrior Online, I don't want the same tier system. <laughs> Ask that out with Solaris, chuck it in the same bin. <laughs> Full stop, I agree. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of Solaris, faction play, uh, comp queue, quick play, group queue, you know, all these different events and things. It's what I'm calling PGI Sprawl. They've got so many ideas. None of them feel fully cooked. I want to see that sprawl left in the past, learn from those mistakes, and let's get some really good solid products um, that are finished in MechWarrior Online 2. Yep, agreed. Don't don't give us the kitchen sink build of game modes. Let's, uh, let's boat on a game mode and have it be awesome. Less buckets. Yep, agree. All right, uh, number two for me is I don't want them to scrimp, save, or change the art and design aspect. I think it is one of the strongest elements of the game. The aesthetic is fantastic. Uh, do not get rid of Alex or that wonderful team uh, that make the artwork happen because it is the shit. Don't want to see any compromise or change. In fact, maybe hire a couple of more artists and make it even better. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I, I don't. I really think you'd struggle to find anyone who disagreed with the, that point. That it's it's a really strong aspect of of the team is is that look and feel. And we don't want it, any major revision in how it looks either. Uh, it, the, the style that they've got right now is really working for them. All right, touched on it already. My number two thing that I don't want to see is that our accounts start from scratch. So everything's wiped, clean slate, here you are, new game, new account, start again. I think that would be really hard to take. Yeah, well, that's interesting. I, I'm, I'm not with you on that one. I actually wouldn't mind the uh, restart. I think that would be really interesting to be in from the ground floor, but I haven't been playing as long, so maybe that's why. But uh, I could understand how lots of people out there wouldn't want to start from scratch. You'd lose your mix? Yeah, I wouldn't mind. You know, you know me, I like uh, I play Civ a lot, and I'd get halfway through a game and just want to restart to try and do it better. Mm. So <laughs> I don't quite mind that. Okay. So number one thing that you don't want to see. So the one thing that I wouldn't want to see in uh, MechWarrior 2 is the way that lore kind of strangles the game you know particularly when we're looking at uh, balance and I know that I don't understand as much about the law <laughs> I appreciate it but I'm kind of not as tied to it uh, you know the law should be used to kind of supplement the experience not to dictate the terms and I feel like we get some mechs and some balance changes and some mechanisms that kind of fall flat because they're adhering 
too tightly to law. Mm. So I think maybe they put that a little bit down the decision-making tree when uh, they're doing MechWarrior Online 2 and the way that they do some certain things. Don't, yeah, don't let law kind of hold you by the balls, I guess. Mm. Definitely send all your actuallys to Cozen and to go directly mm. on this one. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that the law um, is a great groundwork for informing the decisions that get made, but that it shouldn't be a Bible, I guess you'd say. If it doesn't work, ask it out and put something in there that does work. Yeah, it's it, it's it can't be a stranglehold on the game. I agree. Yeah, yeah. It, it needs to be a color, not a line, I guess. Hmm. All right. So my number one thing that I don't want to see in MechRare Online 2 is a simplified or dumbed down Mech Lab. Now, this is probably a little easy road that PGI could take to think, hey, you know, this game is pretty intimidating for people to get into. If we made the Mech Lab really simple or if we took the Mech Labs that we're planning for MechWarrior 5 and chucked it in this game, it might attract a bunch more players because it's the road to progress is a lot of an easier road. But that's what I love about this game. I love that it has that depth. I love that no matter if you're new or old, there's, a new, there's still challenges there for you to tinker around in the mech lab because it does just have that depth. And, um, you know, you can appreciate it at a, a superficial level and put stuff on your mech and take it out and drive it and do okay. Or you can, you know, take it to the nth degree in meta mechs and um, comp and you know, fine-tune each point of armor to ad nauseum. Couldn't agree more. The, the mech lab uh, experience is one of the definitive aspects of this game. We talked about it being unique. The lore is one, uh, but the mech lab experience is certainly another. So, yeah, don't go down the mercenaries pathway in, in kind of dumbing that down. can understand that in that kind of single-player experience. Uh, but yeah, in uh, in a redo of MechWarrior Online, you've only got to you've only got to double down on the Mech Lab because it's awesome. Yeah, there's two games in this game, and the Mech Lab is is one, and the you know quick play or, or whatever you want to call it, the main shooty part of the game is the other. And the Mech Lab is actually a really really fun part of the game for me, and I'd I'd hate to see that taken away. All right, enough of the negative. Let's move on to the positive. I hope the negative was a bit positive though. <laughs> so uh, let's let's talk about our top five things that we would like to see in Macro Online 2. And once again, Cousin, I'll ask you to kick us off with your number five. Yep, let me try and get through these uh, a bit quicker this time. Uh, so fifth, um, the eventing. Uh, the eventing is great uh, and it's very generous and I would like to see that continue in Macro Online 2. So uh, chin chin to Matt. I think that and that team they do a great job. Yeah, I I agree with that. It's um it's something that we came to over time. Uh, we learned that that was good for the game. Let's keep that up. Let's do like you know daily challenges that sort of thing like some other games have. Give just keep giving people little reasons to play. You know daily challenge get two kills get something. I love that. Uh, my number five thing that I do want to see is just. A refresh in how the game looks. It's it can't just be the same thing on a new engine. It's got to draw new players and ex players alike. So it's got to really pop visually. And I don't mean get rid of those mechs, those gorgeous, gorgeous mechs. I mean you know explosions, flames, uh, beautiful environments, 
all that kind of stuff has to feel fresh. It has to feel new and it has to carry us over for as long as that game is intended to live. And there needs to be something new to the gameplay as well, I think, to bring us in. Uh, if if we've already experienced MechWarrior Online, I think that there needs to be some new aspects to it, new game modes, whatever it is. Um, there has to be something new there to bring those uh, older players back into the fold. Yeah, uh, the wow factor, I think, is maybe the... the um... Well, you know, kind of what you're alluding to there. The other thing I'd say is um, scale. I think maybe uh, MechWare Online doesn't necessarily uh, do scale as well as it could, but uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, getting the scale right would be a, a small, big thing for me. It's a, it's a detail, but I'd love it to get right. Number four for me is that I would like to see MechWare Online 2 have some really good uh, integrated support for comp play. So uh, obviously we on the podcast have advocated for comp play as a a product, basically a marketing product that the game could use. Love to see it launched uh, with some some decent uh, comp play stuff. Good lobbies, uh, good tournaments, uh, you know, good support uh, for that part of the game. Mm. And it, I mean, one easy way that some games do that is with, with a ranked play button. So you're either playing quick play or ranked play and quick players go in and, you know, play and ranked play. You're going in against other people who are choosing to play ranked play and, you know, there's a leaderboard or whatever it is that um, just, I guess, comp queue, but it's available at all times. All right. So my number four is that I'd like to see the modes more integrated. I kind of alluded to this before, but less buckets. Uh, There's a lot of good ideas in MechWarrior Online uh, that are pulling people in all sorts of directions. Um, I think that there's ways that you can get people all searching in those same queues, but playing those different modes, if you know what I mean. So, you know, um, you might end up in in a different, if quick play might search you in all modes, is one simple idea. It doesn't just search you just in those 12v12 modes. It also searches you in Solaris and it just would make the, those search times and those queues much more active and the wait times lower. Yeah, agree. It's a big part of the game. Uh, you know, they, they need to get that sorted uh, at the moment. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's all over the shop. So I agree with you on that one. Might be opt-in, you tick some boxes, that sort of thing. So my uh, number three is related to that, but uh, and uh, to your fifth one as well. But I think that then MechWarrior Online Two needs to have a better em- emphasis on the new player experience. Uh, I think it does need to maintain some of the complexity that makes the game awesome and unique. Uh, but at the moment, it is really really tough to enter into MechWarrior Online. Uh, and I think they need to focus on that. I need. I think they need to build that early part of the game from the perspective of a new player mm. rather than someone that kind of knows what's happening or, or someone that's getting handheld through. Uh, you know, the tutorial is not really a tutorial. You know, I, th- I think MechWarrior Online 2 needs to do the new player experience much, much better. Yeah, it's almost impossible to learn how to play this game with any level of detail on your own. I mean, if you can go and watch some YouTube videos or something... But yeah, on your own, just exploring the game, I think you you just almost never get there. It doesn't teach you how to make a mech, which is, like I said, it's almost like a second game within the game. Handing people a mech at the end of the new player experience, I think, would be a good one. I mean, I had you helping me, and I even still brought a panther as one of my uh, early <laughs> the mechs. So there's, there's never the forget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So num- my number three. It's related to my modes integrated sort of idea, and that is that I'd like there to be 
a story. And I don't mean um, that, uh, you know, House Draconis is attacking blah, 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 and that's all it is. What I mean is that there's a thematic reason to fight that the quick, every aspect of the game is counting towards something. And I've seen this in other games. Uh, it might be a tricky one to do well, but I'd love to see it for this. It could totally work um, to have like some sort of grand strategy layer where it doesn't matter what thing you're doing in the game, it's counting towards something somewhere. You know, if you're doing Solaris, it's counting whatever. Uh, if you're doing faction play, would be a better example. It's counting towards, you know, the the map of the galaxy. If you're doing quick play, that's that's counting in some form. Just doesn't feel pointless, if you know what I mean. Yeah, agree. I mean, it's it's a bit random at the moment, and they're, they're trying to kind of touch on this narrative-driven uh, gameplay with faction play, but it's really kind of lipstick on a pig at the moment. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more uh, if they could almost direct. Uh, gameplay in a certain direction and you know I, I talked about that the idea of scale with the visuals uh, that also applies I think to the this uh, theme that you're talking about the story that if they could help emphasize the size of the universe mm. you know and, and they could do that through you know competing for planets and weaving the stories that they could just help emphasize the sheer magnitude of the universe that you're fighting within so yeah i'm with you on that one i there's so much that could build from that there's so much that could build from you know this this idea of a coherent story that um, every time you play you're working towards something mm -hmm. all right let's hear your number two Oh, wow, this actually relates to my don't want. So I said that you need to ditch uh, PSR Doubling for MechWarrior Online 2. Uh, so for uh, MechWarrior Online 2, I would like a comprehensive and transparent uh, pilot skill rating. So I want it to mean something, you know, whether it's ranked play or whatever. There's so much precedent out there. There's so many games that do it really, really well. So I don't think there's an excuse for PGI not to get that one right. Uh, I think it would be uh, easy to have a, a comprehensive and transparent PSR so people kind of knew where they stood. Yeah. Like you said, we've been banging on about it for ages. It's important. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get Absolutely. it right. All right. So my number two, and this this is my idea for how I, I I mentioned it earlier. This is my idea for how we could retain our player progress, but have people feel like they need to come into the new game and and work to earn those mechs that they've already earned and not feel bitter about it. Okay, so I've talked about the the grand strategy layer. I've talked about integrating the modes. So my number two reason is let's have pilots in the game. Uh, let's have, when you launch the game uh, and you start the tutorial process, whatever it is that holds you through, that uh, helps you through the initial stages of the game, you choose a faction, uh, you create a pilot for that faction, and instead of Smurf accounts, people can have multiple pilots. And, and those factions have access to mechs of that faction. So at the start, you know, you're choosing an Innisphere house, you might get access to a Hunchback and, and a few other mechs. You might already own those Hunchbacks from MechWarrior Online 1, so you've got access to those. However, there may be a bunch of other mechs that that house has access to that you didn't earn in MechWarrior Online 1 or weren't there, 
and you can gain access to those over time and you need to rank up with that house and loyalty to be able to access the higher tiers uh, of the arsenal available to that house. The battles you fight are gaining you not just loyalty with that faction, but also you know furthering the goals of a faction on the galactic map. And if you want to go and buy a clan mech, where well, you're going to have to make a clan pilot uh, and earn those mechs. This, this is my my big idea for MechWare Island 2 that I'd love to see. And I just have never felt like I knew who I was in MechWare Online. Yeah, I love this. I mean, it, it uh, starts to add a totally different perspective to what you're doing, and it would tie in so readily uh, to this idea of uh, story and the integration of modes. And it achieves, I guess, almost what got achieved through Battletech. You know, you have the sense that you are someone in Battletech and that you are making choices. I think as long as you could keep the pilot, uh, the skill of the pilot separate from the skill on the battlefield. So if pilot differences as you said, were more thematic, mm. you know, that gave you access to different mechs and, you know, different parts of the galaxy or all of those kind of things. Uh, and it wasn't that, you know, I had a higher ranked pilot, therefore I could do something that someone else couldn't do on the battlefield. As long as you kind of kept it out of those realms, it would be fantastic. It would just be the linchpin through which you could develop those other things that you talked about, the story, integrating the modes uh, and, you know, making the, the refresh tangible tying it into the uh, transition between the two games yeah those are some really good points that you've made that you need to guard against um you know letting um player progression give you an unfair advantage on the uh, battlefield and i mean pgi have a great track record in my opinion of not letting your, your access to various things give you a huge advantage on the battlefield generally speaking and i think that they could find ways to make the pilot you know, ranking with your with your faction, you know, make that loyalty mean something to you um, without making it that you're just unstoppable when you take it out. And I think you'd still be Cozen Indigo when you go out with your Karita pilot and you'd still be Cozen Indigo when you go out with your Clan Wolf pilot. Um, you'd, it maybe just, you know, shows as well that you've got your, you know, your faction selected at, with for that um, particular pilot you've taken out. Yep, that's awesome. Makes a huge amount of sense. And look, there is kind of some tie-in uh, with what you said there to my number one. Now, this is something that I am pretty big on, and uh, it's something that I want because I think it's something that PGI actually do pretty well now. And what I'd like to sink my entire 12 times vote multiplier on uh, is to keep the MechWarrior online experience free to play and to continue to maintain what I believe are some pretty ethical monetization strategies mm. that PGI engage in. PGI cop a lot of grief and a lot of shit, but as you mentioned before about the grind in other games, the monetization in some of the other games is predatory, it's unethical. If you've watched or read anything about EA uh, with their surprise mechanics, mm -hmm. uh, if you've seen the launch of FIFA, which is a gambling game, some soccer on the side, you know, again, PGI need to get huge credit for the fact that they have a pretty awesome game and that they are able to keep it where it is in regards to monetization. So there may be some considerations for them that they may need to monetize in different ways, but I would 
love to see them continue with the attitude that they have at the moment around uh, monetization uh, and and keeping it pretty ethical. Yeah, I fully agree, and I uh, support this wholeheartedly. And and it and it may be that they need to innovate a little bit in ways of getting people to open their wallets in new ways. I think that we've explored some interesting ideas with the customization options available in the game. I think they could be taken a lot further um, with bolt-ons and the decals and all that kind of stuff. I think um, customization is a really great way to give you some money for your game uh, without uh, hurting your gameplay, needing constant rebalancing around OP you know, packs and things like that. It's uh, A lot of games do that quite well and PGI do that aspect of it well already and they can keep on and keep innovating with that for sure and uh your what are you going to sink your 12 times multiplier onto captain cat polar highlands no uh, so, oh. <laughs> so you're running your loom boat again <laughs> not again uh so my 12 times multiplier i'm going to drop it on the core gameplay i think this has always been the strongest suit for mechware online and no matter what missteps pgi make we can always go back to that gameplay of Building something, taking it out, shooting someone in the face, it's just fun. It works. Uh, the trading that you can do in MechWarrior, the twisting damage, the, you know, the targeting components and all that kind of stuff is just fun. And I hope that they retain it for any version of the of, of a MechWarrior online game that comes in the future. Couldn't agree more. And, you know, all you need to do is, is play uh, some other games that are kind of like MechWarrior to realize how good that core gameplay is uh, and, and what an experience it is. We've talked about the fact that it's unique uh, and a lot of that comes down to the core gameplay. Uh, you have to keep that in the new version. You have to keep that core gameplay because that makes up such a, a large part of what keeps the game unique and, and, and fun to play. Okay, so we hope listening to this has made you hyped or at least hopeful for the future of MechWarrior Online. As always, we're keen to hear your thoughts on the topic. I'm sure we've left something out. I mean, perhaps you've been a player of a game that shut down. What was that like? Was there a sequel? How is a player account thing handled? And what would you most like to see in MechWarrior Online 2? Battle Royale? Let us know. 07 MechWarriors. If you did enjoy this content, then please consider supporting us. You can do this in a multitude of ways, including subscribing to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leaving reviews, as well as subscribing to us on YouTube and liking our videos. You can also support us by sending us feedback, either through comments, tweets, or directly through email. Tweet and follow us on Twitter at IncomingP, or email us directly at IncomingMissilePodcast at gmail.com. You can also support us directly by becoming a patron or sponsor. You can find us on Patreon at Incoming Missile Podcast and choose one of three tiers of support. Patrons not only get mentioned on the podcast and get access to exclusive content, but can even join us as a guest host on the podcast. You can also opt to sponsor an episode through one-off donations, all of which will be used as giveaways for our listeners. So if you had a product, service or content that you'd like us to mention, contact us to discuss sponsoring an episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We look forward to hearing from you. We appreciate you listening and we'll catch you next time.